electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber at the New York Stock Exchange, looking for some stabilization today after the biggest sell-off since mid-December. Uh, Jim Bullard on Squawk, arguably not as hawkish as some may have feared. Uh, yields are lower ahead of Fed minutes this afternoon. Our roadmap's going to begin with stocks struggling to bounce after the worst trading day in two months. Bullard does say markets are overpricing recession risk. Plus, Intel's rare move, it is cutting its dividend by 66%, although it is backing its prior earnings guidance. And China's AI warning regulators seeking to rein in AI chatbots reportedly telling tech giants in the country don't offer public access to ChatGPT. Let's begin with the markets, though, after uh, yesterday's sell-off, Jim. Reflections on that and the argument that some made that... uh, Volume, if you were really worrisome, would have been a little bigger than it was. Yeah, look, I think we're the cat mice game. Uh, the cat of the bonds, as interest rates went higher, there's just selling, selling, selling. But it seemed like very future selling, not common stock selling. So I didn't think that there was that much to it. Uh, today, really unbelievable appearance by uh, Mr. Bullard. Calm, not throwing bombs, uh, making sense. Therefore, completely the opposite, David, of everything I ever hear. Everything you've ever heard from who? Well, from everybody. <laughs> I mean, the guy didn't say we're about to have recession. Things aren't falling off a cliff. He didn't, like, sound the alarm. He, he didn't speak like a hedge fund manager telling you to short everything or get out now. I, he offered what I regard as genuine homespun wisdom. Okay. Okay. Well, his projection has rates hitting 5.375%. Not to put too fine a point on it. That's kind of where a lot of, in the last couple of weeks, a a lot of people seem well, to have headed to that mid-fives range. He didn't seem to indicate that there's going to be a recession. I said that it no. could be. I mean, I... No, but he did indicate that you got to keep pushing. You can't let inflation get away from you. And with a growing economy, that's still a concern. Well, I mean, he does raise this question was what will stop this economy from expanding? It's like nothing. But I guess what I'm saying is, is that there's a sense that we have to get away from the dichotomy, from the all-or-nothing thinking, from the catastrophe. People are catastrophizing. It, Bullard's offering genuine sense that, you know what, we'll be okay. And I think the we'll be okay was lacking in yesterday's decline. It was like yesterday, it's either going to be like the end of the world or like maybe, maybe the end of the world. And what he's saying is, look, we're having this kind of move that we get. Uh, at one point, he did mention the 70s, and I figured you could easily pull that quote and make everybody scared. <laughs> I debated making everyone scared, kind of like a Halloween situation, but I can't do it. He was too rational. It would be great to pull a quote that made it sound like that, that things were really bad. But, I, you know, in those days when I used to cover homicide, they're over. <laughs> right. He did say, uh, look, I'm not a Phillips curve guy. Yeah. I think you can tame inflation without real damage to the labor market. He said Europe's stronger than we thought. China's reopening, U.S. more resilient, and that the markets may, in fact, be overstating the possibility of recession. Here's what he said. Markets have uh, overpriced a recession. 
in the second half of 2022 and overpriced a recession in the first half of 2023. Maybe they're overpricing the chances of recession in the second half of 2023. You've got China coming on board. You've got a stronger Europe than we thought. Uh, it kind of seems like the U.S. economy might be more resilient than markets thought, let's say, six or eight weeks ago. Leisman asked him, well, all right, so what about the uh, 50 that, you're, that you were interested in last meeting and you may be this time? He said, uh, to get to the terminal, you know you're there when the next decision could be up or down. That's where he wants to go. Oh, I thought that was good. Again, I think that it's in keeping with what Pal keeps saying, which is, look, we'll keep raising until we feel that we've won. There are many people who own the tenure who seem to think well, we'll, we'll start cutting before we even are done raising it, which is, of course, oxymoronic. David, there was... There were some moments when when Bowler was talking where you got the feeling of, you know what, it's okay to own stocks. True. Although, as one with a keen sense for the obvious, it's also okay to own the two-year now. And it, in a way that we never had the conversation for the last decade, you, I can say to you, you know what, why not just wait it out? You Shocker. can get almost 5%. They're Thank you very much. They're not mutually exclusive where I come down. They're not. You can own some of both. Okay. But... My point is, does it, does it temper people's willingness to take risk? Because you don't have to as much as you did even a couple of years ago when you're like, well, where else am I going to possibly well, get a return? That's what we're pricing in. I mean, I did a show last night where I said, look, until we Particularly, see excuse me, without there being real growth, I guess is my point. So that you can't right. point to something in the market that says, well, I need to well, get in now. They're giving you a place. Oh, uh, there were some hedge fund managers talking about like you can never hide. No one ever says you can hide in something, hide in stocks. I'm not talking about hiding, hiding in plain sight, perhaps, but there's nothing the matter with getting 5% until we clear things up. But if they're going to keep crushing the market as they did yesterday, I'm sorry, I'm going to, I have to find things I like. You know, they force, this market forces you to recognize that there are opportunities. And, uh, and by the way, can I just be clear? One of them is not Intel. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get to Intel in a moment uh, and this news on the dividend. I really I do want to look at, though, the, the six things you said you need right. to end the sell-off. Do you want to go through them? I mean, the yeah. first is uh, the rise in yields got to slow. Oh, well, I, remember, I don't say stop. It's just it, the velocity of the increase in rates is what your, your problem is. And then what we need to see, uh, I, the recession stocks are starting to do better. PepsiCo's doing better. General Mills is doing better. Yeah. Merck was upgraded today. I like that. We have to see the bank stocks stabilize because they've been the, they've been the sub rows of winners uh, as people realize that we're not going to have defaults increasing. I have Jamie, you know, I have Jamie Diamond tomorrow. You do? Yeah. Um, well, Spending a lot of time in Philadelphia. We're going to Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, are, are you, okay. That's, that's good. Well, no, I'm I, looking forward to that. That was called promotion. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to the banks... Capital markets activity is quite muted right now. M&A, as we know, is fairly muted. By the way, bigger for but some than others. Amazon, Sales and trading, okay. Uh, and their customers are now demanding that they actually get paid something for keep, you know, or see you later. And credit balance? Yeah. Well, that's, I don't know. You know it's not that, the greatest that used, environment. That used to be business as usual. I mean, yeah. That's kind of what you had. David, what I'm, what I'm, I'm indicating is that, and I wrote, wrote this one on my checklist, we need to see some stocks in, like, say, retail that are doing well and not all doing badly. I thought the dichotomy between Walmart and Home Depot was one of the most important dichotomies I've seen, which is that if you're trying to, absent Toll Brothers in the comic school, if you're trying to improve your home, as okay. Kyle Tomei, who's now UPS, always taught us, 
and there's no home price appreciation, then it's counted as an expense. If you're trying to improve it and there's house price appreciation, then you have capitalization, people seeking capitalization. Now, what that means is is that if if the Fed wins and home price appreciation, then you can't buy Home Depot. Walmart, totally different. Walmart is saying, you know what, we're not your grandfather's Walmart. You can come, you can find really great bargains. Uh, Millennials, Gen Zs, the same thing with American Express. These millennials and Gen Zs, hard to figure out what they're doing. It turns out they like to save money because they don't have as much money as we thought. And therefore, they go to Walmart. It's almost the age of Walmart. <laughs> I did a couple of those. Um, no, listen, I, mean, I heard you yesterday. You did? Yeah. Sitting next to me. Well, I actually was part of the conversation with Heaven Carl about Walmart. Gosh. And I thought your comments were, uh, were spot, spot on. on. Yeah. That's good. We'll get to TJX in a bit as well. But Jim does mention Intel, and the chip maker is cutting its quarterly dividend by almost two-thirds, 12 and a half cents now. Intel says the move will improve their financial flexibility to execute their transformation amid all the economic uncertainty. Also reaffirming the current quarter guidance, Jim, on revenue, on EPS, on gross margin. They're going to cut some comp uh, for employees and executives and the board. You know, they should just get out of the forecast game. Get out of the what? Forecast. Forecasting. I have no conviction that their forecasts are right at all. You know, we're not dealing with dealing with General Mills here. David, how many times did this company say that their dividend was safe? Uh, Many, many, including very recently uh, with Deirdre Bosa, uh, where she pushed Pat Gelsinger and he was like, yeah. It's almost like Dustin Hoffman in the Marathon Man. Is it safe? Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, it's safe. It's with so Olivia, safe. yes. So safe yes. With Lawrence Olivia. It. Which one yeah. is Olivia and which one is Dustin? <laughs> I really, I've, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it because our, the people at home watch and they say, oh, look at that size dividend. And they just reassured and they actually even um, slammed this guy Kramer when he suggested the dividend may be in jeopardy. And, you know, so I'll buy some intel. No, I mean, you, why hurt people? Why not just say, I don't know? I I don't know. I think from a a broader perspective, just of we sit here every day, as I have for decades now, covering these companies. I mean, the decline of Intel as what was once the most blue chip of blue chips, the most admired companies under Andy Grove, Craig Barrett, um, the leader in the world, in the world in chip design, production, and what has happened. Take a look at, at 20 years. There it is. Nothing. Uh, that's, no. you know, you've got no real return in the stock market over a 20-year period. Obviously, the rise of NVIDIA, the right. rise of AMD. Um, but it is amazing how they lost oh. their way. And wh- where do you, where do you sort of when they, come down? When they hired a salesperson as the CEO as opposed to Andy Grove. And that was, well, pro- yeah, you had a series of You want to CEOs. name names here or no? Well, I mean, look, you can end with Bob Swan if you want to. Yeah, well, all right. See if like I, but Adelini, I was not a salesperson, but I didn't think Adelini was particularly good. But look, I don't want to slag anybody. They made a decision uh, that they were going to be in the, remember, they're in the foundry business, and they continue to be that way. And the other guys could say, listen, we gave, we went foundry light. We went to Taiwan Semi. Now, I happen to like the Intel model because they had a, you know, Jerry Parker built all these foundries and they, each foundry was exactly the same. So you could parachute into Israel and be the same right. thing as it Right. But what I, what I didn't like about what Intel did was that they lost leadership because they stuck by Gordon Moore's law, which is about how you get more computing power at, you know, every couple months, of years. Yep. And Jensen Wong, 
is going to tell you that is the problem. Moore's Law is done. I mean, when I was well, like, they missed I, a cycle, though, right? They well, just well, missed they an missed anatomy a cycle. cycle. They missed an entire right. But you know, and I've TSMC never, crushed um, them. They crushed them. I mean, I, I remember being out to to see Jensen Wong, and at one point he just went ballistic about Moore's Law and how they're blowing away Moore's Law. They're making, they're, look, they're putting together these cards, and that's how you get a supercomputer. Which that's, that's how you get to chat, the holy grail of chat, which we'll talk about later with. Uh, when the Kesha yes, war uh, yes. Palo Alto. But I just think that they lost their way because they believed that they were too small. They were thinking too small. They remind me of Switzerland in the third man. All they have is the cuckoo clock. Meantime, we're going to get NVIDIA tonight. And the question is whether or not the market's going to reward that kind of tech name the way they appear to be rewarding but, software names today. Okay, I, I think that there's, there was a note today that was very positive about about NVIDIA, you don't want to see a positive note of NVIDIA because NVIDIA is a company that is not going to say, not going to participate in the hype of chat. That's not their style. Yes, they do have good AI and they do have gaming. Yesterday they had a deal. Yesterday you didn't even mention. I didn't with uh, with Microsoft. Right. I will, we'll, we'll, maybe but, we'll come back to that. But I like there's... Yeah, there's I didn't two, even know, frankly, I, I, well, there, gaming? Like, really? Well, that was the, that's, I know. Now, NVIDIA's that's, got a I gaming go, This was, I said, a division. Gaming is what's going to hurt them when they report tonight. Because right. gaming is very pedestrian. It's not the kind of, you know, super. Well, I know they sell into gaming, but they right, also but have this other, yeah, this right, other but, business. Yeah, but this is not, you know, when you talk about a $5 billion opportunity. Or right. I, read, I read a piece last week, David, yes. uh, two weeks ago. Yes. A $13 billion, $13 billion opportunity. Well, I see a 13. How about 14? How about 14? What, what opportunity are we talking 16, about? 16 up front. Well, because you can't just say it's time to buy NVIDIA because they have a $13 billion AI opportunity. Right. That's not how Wall Street works. They want to know what's going to happen next quarter, yeah. not three three years from now. So, so it, they're not going to get what they want. So you're, you are cautious going into Yeah. I, in my terrible trust of big position NVIDIA, I named my late dog after NVIDIA. I'm all in NVIDIA, but that doesn't mean that the stock pres- deserves to have the move that it just has. Right. I mean, right. look, look what happened to all the other AI. One of the big re- repeals here. Of this year, but it's all the AI hoopla, the fraud, and I don't think that Nvidia is going to engage in any. It, they're not, they're not promotion. They're real company. Right? They're they're real. They're, they're the great. leader. They're they're involved. I mean, the GPU changed. Okay, so potentially the, changed history. Right, right. The GPU is what is the counter to Moore's law, which is that the, you know, Pat Gelsinger say that Moore's law will never be repealed, and Moore's law is just the. More power per, per chip. And Pat's wrong on that. I, I left out, though. What did I leave out the whole time in my discussion with it? I don't know. Oh, yes, you did. Gelsinger. Is? A good man. A nice, you. nice man. That's all I wanted. <laughs> it's, like, it's like playing Jeopardy with you, you know? Oh, I'm good at that, too. You know what, about, you know what I have about to say about him? Got nothing for you. Does he even does he have any idea that? <laughs> When we come back today, uh, a focus on China. We got Baidu's quarterly beat and AI bot plans to regulators in Beijing reportedly sending a message uh, to Chinese big tech not to use Chad GPT. Later on today, Pepsi's Ramon LaGuardia on the consumer, inflation, and a lot more. We'll get to TJX, uh, Palo Alto, Coin, of course, Toll, and more when we return. Canva presents stories to keep you up at night. It was an ordinary work day until... The Singapore presentation is at 3 a.m. The office was shocked. 
That's when we sleep. Maya made it less scary with Canva. <laughs> I'll just record my presentation so Singapore can watch it anytime. Record and present anytime with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. China's Baidu up sharply in the pre-market after a quarterly beat announcing a $5 billion buyback. Uh, the company also says it plans to integrate its AI-powered Ernie chatbot into search beginning next month. In the meantime, Nikkei says that regulators in Beijing have instructed major Chinese tech not to offer chat GPT services on their platform. Uh, that amid growing alarm over the chatbot's uncensored replies to some queries. Also a report today, Jim, that uh, J.P. Morgan has uh, clamped down on staff use of chat GPT, something to ask Diamond about. Well, you know, the other day, or late yesterday, yeah, I'll look forward to that. Palo Alto, Nikesh Aurora, this great CEO, great numbers last night, talking about how he thinks it's the most revolutionary thing since the iPhone. And I do think that uh, that it is so uh, unpleased that to a, to a autocratic country, to a, a serious totalitarian regime. David, could there be anything worse than a machine that could think for itself? Um, it, it does, it does raise challenges for them without a doubt. Although the the Chinese have been extraordinarily successful at at censorship. Well, did you read the Um, two hour uh, exchange between the New York Times columnist? I did. I did. Kevin Roos. Yeah. I mean, and obviously now Bing, Microsoft is trying to limit, although they've now raised it a bit. You've only got a group of people who are able to use it. It's not fully available it's, via it's, Bing. Can't but be, it can't be censored. It's got its mind of its own. It's true. Um, that, that doesn't mean the Chinese, right. I mean, they're going to, they are developing their own AI chatbots. They're obviously right. well, going to, what does that say? I don't know. They're going to have to regulate them very closely. What I worry or wonder about in listening to Sam Altman, for example, the uh, founder, the person right. behind ChatGPT at OpenAI is, you know, he has this vision of, of a world where you've got a, you know, a, a, a giant building filled with servers that is trying to solve cancer via right. um, AI. Yeah. What are the, what's going to stop the Chinese from having a giant building filled with the same technology but trying to do something a lot more nefarious? Well, absolutely. I mean, that's a big worry. That's one of the reasons why we're talking about res- restricting the most important ships, the NVIDIA ships, that this whole thing is boiling. I know. We take but, away the NVIDIA chips, they won't be able to do that. At least for a but, while. But how about if you're in, in China and you ask ChatGPT how many people were killed by Mao? I mean, what happens if it says, well, it gives like a real answer? I mean, what a nightmare for the regime, right? How about the Cultural Revolution? Was it good? You know, did a thousand flowers bloom? Well, I mean, it's going to get like a, how was the last five-year plan? You're not going to get the kind of thing that the regime wants. We're, we're at the such early stages here of what is conceivably, and we hear it all the time now, a revolution, that it's hard for us to know anything that's going to happen, including it's what it will mean to places like China and or our country as well. But we are not going to, we're not going to censor it. No, we're not we going to censor even, it. We have a Supreme Court that doesn't even know what it is. 
<laughs> we were laughing about Kagan's comments yesterday. <laughs> She's dynamite. Yeah. She had a great couple. We're not exactly. Can you say justice is dynamite? Sure, Elena's. You can say she's dynamite if you want. Chapman, she's my class. Oh really? Yeah, law school. I sent her. Okay. Upper West Flowers. Sider. She got in. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hey, Chief Justice Roberts from here too. You know, just don't talk about it. She went to Harvard Law School because she went to Princeton undergrad. Went to Harvard Law. Yeah. Yeah, she was friends with. Uh, never. <laughs> oh yeah, that other guy. They still are friends. Well. They I still are. There's no accounting for I taste. know a third group of their group. <laughs> First deal we're talking about, Elliot Spitzer. Ah, very yes, nice. we are. That was good. That was good SCOTUS coverage right there. Thank we'll you. get uh, Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Take another look here at Futures as we try to rebound uh, from that drubbing on Tuesday. More Squawk on the Street in a minute. Welcome to the Canva guided meditation for stress at work. Impending deadline? Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So Brainstorm got too big. Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's block. Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work. We'll chat some Palo Alto with uh, Jim in a few minutes, but it is uh, at the top of the NASDAQ 100 gainers list this morning as they beat, uh, uh, Billings beat, they guide ahead for the uh, quarter and the full year. Got a couple price target increases at Deutsche and Barclays today. Opening bell a few moments away, and don't forget you can always catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. Policy is my top priority for this year. There's actually a lot of bipartisan support, I would say, out there for getting comprehensive crypto legislation passed. There's a recognition that in the wake of FTX, we need stronger consumer protections. There's also a lot of excitement just about the potential of this technology. And they, there's a lot of desire for people to have this built here in America. All right, that was uh, Brian Arms from Coinbase. And that gets us to uh, Jim's Mad Dash, which, as you might imagine, is on that company. Coinbase totally uh, otherworldly conference call. We're basically saying that there's a rogue organization. It's not Coinbase. It's not FTX. It's the it's the SEC. SEC. Yeah. And uh, SEC right now taking aim at stablecoin. But what, I, what really matters to me, David, is that narrative that you just heard, completely, uh, uh, completely off-based. I mean, the, uh, it was almost as if, well, listen, Congress really likes what's happening. They're welcoming regulation, but it's the government, the SEC, that wants to prosecute and completely. Uh, yeah, David, David. Sam Bankman freed billions of dollars missing, and somehow they think things are okay. Better than okay. Well, I mean, it, it was just, a, I, honestly, I listened and I said, wow. Got to get long Coinbase. They're the answer. No, they're not the answer. But you know what? Right. The, people are going to buy it. There's a big short squeeze. Well, the tra- trading worse. activity and, in crypto, yeah, particularly by individuals, move. drives their business. 50 million And it people. was down sharply. And, and, so and NFTs obviously the make a comeback, Dave. Do you know that NFTs were making a comeback? I didn't, no. Well, then shame on you, partner. I okay. mean, this was one of those conference calls where I just said, oh, I see. There, there's a new sheriff in town. It's not Gary Gensler. It's Coinbase. They, they, I mean, John Stark used to be a big regulator, has a nice little mention today in, uh, said, uh, in Twitter. Yes, you see crypto regulatory carpet bombing continues. Next up, stable coins. So that's the exact opposite of what Coinbase wants. David, I don't know. You, 
the, you can take Coinbase, you can take the SEC. I always say that in the end, the SEC wins. Get the opening bell here in the CNBC Real Time Exchange. And the big board, uh, healthcare focused Strawberry Fields, Reed celebrating its uplisting over the NASDAQ. It's our parent, Comcast, the cast of Peacock's Bel Air, uh, the reboot of Fresh Prince ringing the bell ahead of season two. Uh, one more reason to watch Peacock, guys. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Although I know you're watching The Last of Us right now. Well, when you're done well with done. that, move on to I, Bel Air. We are watching some Peacock. Yeah. Uh, Yellowstone's on Peacock, right? I think, yeah. I think so. Did you get it on Peacock? The original one oh, the with original. Kevin Costner, okay, yeah. Yes. yeah. So I'm kind of watching that. There you go. All right? Good. I get to stay. <laughs> right. I get to stay another day. Do you watch any Peacock? Uh, constantly. Constantly. That's all he That's does. Yeah. Yeah. Jim, holding, uh, holding 4K here, how important is it Yep, at the open? Look, I... Just tell me what bonds are going to do. I mean, honestly, we, we were down too much yesterday, but the market doesn't want to go higher. It, the market wants to just kind of bide its time till we know better. So right now, interest, rate, interest rates are down the tech, so people get excited. We got to get away. We got to go with Bullard. Like, stop looking at every second. Not that that doesn't take the place of us if they did that. He didn't say, like, go, you don't need to watch this guy, just go do chat. Right. But, I mean, I'm just saying that this is a minuscule uh, decline in interest rates, so then that causes a big increase in stocks? No. No. Go watch Peacock. It's not a bad idea, actually. Yeah. Uh, one big topic yesterday was why energy was sending a much different message than bonds. Uh, you got NatGas with a one handle today, $1.96. Um, oil back to 76. Brent's down six to seven. This NatGas is defi- defying everything. I mean, this is back to September of, of 2020 when the country was at a complete halt. And now natural gas, where the country's like booming, is it, it below two dollars? David, I know that it's absolutely that you know the Freeport is closed and therefore we're not exporting as much. But you know what yeah, the Freeport younger people is would say? A lot longer than anticipated. You know what the younger people? No, would I say? don't. What would the younger people global tell warming. me? It's global warming, so we don't need as much natural gas. It's not that cold. Climate change, yeah. Climate change, yeah. Older people would say those younger people are silly. It has been a warm. It has been warm here in the Northeast. Right. It's been, thankfully, in Europe, perhaps warmer than they anticipated. That's been very important. Well, I I thought Putin Um, would lose the upper hand. Yes, he may be. I mean, they have effectively cut off. Europe has cut off Russia, right? Right. But they're finding other outlets but for their the petroleum that, products. But do you think about the idea that we could have a 3.6% 3.5% unemployment, say, and that natural gas, which is the base load, right? Remember what for our base load is generation. now in our country, it's is not gas. That's, that's one reason why Morgan Stanley, great chart book out this morning, uh, sees real wages going positive next quarter. I thought that was be huge. I agree with that. I mean, when natural gas was at $9, we were talking about the end of the world. When it's at 2 bucks, well, it's not the beginning of the world. I mean, 2 bucks is really, this is a fuel that impacts everybody. Uh, well, no, it's like about 33% of the, of the system is based on that gas. We have nuclear, still we have coal. But natural gas is one of the plastics of the backbone of the economy, how we heat back when the economy. Uh, and I just think that this is a, a decline, which just is inflation, look out. This is very positive. But it's not in the stats as much as it right. should be. It's in you, them. You know, when you were out last week, uh, David and I, uh, we had Chuck Robbins here, 
Yeah. Where the guide was pretty good, obviously. I thought it was good. The stock does nothing, Chuck. What the heck is that about? We had AMAT. We had analog devices. They're and now we've got Palo Alto. Are you going to string together a, a, a series of decent tech guidance? I think that there's companies that are making a lot of money. And that's the commonality. Chuck made much more money than expected. Now, immediately they start carping about how next, did he borrow orders from next year? That's nonsense. I'm going to give David a new normal, see if he buys it. David, it's not enough to be non-GAAP profitable. Nikesh Arora, the CEO of Palo Alto, you've got to be GAAP profitable. And he's gotten to be added to the S&P this spring. And that does matter. He's got leadership in 13 different categories. Now, we have a bunch of stocks this morning. It's kind of comical. A bunch of uh, cybersecurity companies that are up. They're the ones he's crushing. Right. So what the heck is that about? I mean, you want to, like, buy all those companies he's crushing? No. And he chided me. He chided me for liking some of these other companies. I mostly enough to use the word chide. Uh, but he's, like, basically saying, Jim, if you would, I had to love him, but he did say that, He's taking share from a lot of companies. Look um, at that stock. Well, yeah. Right. I mean, he I, bought back a huge amount of stock, by the way, uh, in the 130s. It truly, I mean, one of the most extraordinary things, this guy bought back $250 million worth of stock at 130 because he thought the stock was just too cheap. Well, guess what? He was right. He was. I mean, there's a longer-term look, and you can see the move, obviously, that the stock has had. He had a $40 million deal. Um, as well. You, you, you talked to him last night on MAD, right? Yeah, that was what I was getting at. I know. All right, well, let's take a listen to what he had to say about, I guess, possible consolidation. Take a listen. In security, if you want to lead, you have to constantly innovate. And many of the consolidation opportunities you're seeing are legacy technologies which have not kept pace with the market. Hence, you're seeing them suffer at their top line or their margins. And that's not a good look for us. Doing that for us would put us back because we're better off innovating, creating best of breed products in the market, delivering them using cloud, delivering them using AI, and going out and taking share from those people who have legacy products. For us, going out and consolidating legacy markets is not what is interesting. Yeah, well, look, a lot of people keep thinking this industry has so many players they have to consolidate. He's saying the opposite. We're going to destroy every competitor. Right, right. And I I thought that was very forward-thinking and tough. And don't forget, David, he has $6 billion in cash. So what's he doing that the other guys can't do? He's using his balance sheet to be able to get and keep business. The other guys don't have that balance sheet. So he's up against companies that are poorly capitalized or don't have as much money. And they're saying, wow, woe is me, macroeconomic, therefore people aren't taking cybersecurity. He's saying, hey, you need it? Buy now, pay later. Except for you have to pay, as opposed to the current system of buy now, pay later, where you put some money Understood. down. Uh, you know, well, Walmart has buy now, pay later. Right? So Walmart? Yeah. Yeah. And I... Apparently, people pay. I think that's the difference between some of the outfits and others. Well, on Palo Alto, I think your key point is don't necessarily buy those that are losing market share to Palo Alto. Exactly. Um, and we exactly. may be As you said earlier, you have a keen eye for the obvious. I'm I, just I so do. Glad. I do. I, I, I pride myself on that sense. Well, I mean, Carl, to shift away from Mike, from Pena for a second, uh, <laughs> I lasted it. Uh, I, I think that when you have someone like Nikesh and you have someone like Chuck Robbins and you have the analog people, what you say is there are winners and losers. And that's what I'm looking for. I don't want it so that everything goes up because they have Chad GPT and uh, Tom Siebel says, hey, listen, the future is bright. What I want are companies that are actually making money. 
well, and doing well. I will say, uh, Intel, strangely, is a winner today. The stock is up almost 2%. The top Dow component. Yeah. Everybody On knew. the dividend cut we were talking about. Well, you can telegraph it. it. Go buy it. If people want to go buy it, I'd be my guest. Good. Good. You know, I, I, how about waiting for NVIDIA to, to not do what people want and buying NVIDIA? Well, NVIDIA is also up this more, uh, in the early well, trade so here. Well, so Salesforce, I don't have anything on that. Well, what about yesterday, Jim, Morgan Stanley, quote, we believe we're approaching the bottom of the PC market, which is historically buying opportunity for PC stocks. I know it's not Katie well, Hubert yeah, anymore. We were looking for 17%. Uh, we were looking for about 10% decline in the fourth quarter, and then it turned out to be 17%. In the first quarter, it's looking more like 30%. So at 30%, I mean, I don't know how much lower it can go. I mean, 30% just basically means that no one's going to buy a PC other than people who slam the keyboard many times with a phone. Right. But that's, I think that's, that's what David's saying is dividend cut, well, it's trough, worst trough. is over. I like the David's worst is over analysis. That's yep, not bad. Yep. But I've got better ones to buy if the worst is over, namely Advanced Micro. Where, where Gee, that's shocking. You're recommending Advanced Micro. Okay. I've been recommending it since five. Oh, I'm aware. Jim, I know. Oh, but Jim, you liked it at 170. But David, I liked it at five. But Jim, I mean, you're just like Don DeLuise. I'm a triple schizophrenic. <laughs> I have not done that to you. Not the, the, the Burt no. Reynolds to, to Jim's that, Dom? One of the greatest moments, but people don't remember anything anymore. They're, they don't remember anything no. anymore. But now they have ChatGPT yeah, to remind them of things that are not well, really true, but just that they think happen. Is the regime a favorable one that lets me read books that I want to? No. No. See, China. No, you cannot read in China books that you want to no. necessarily. Um, guys, a few things on my radar this morning. You may have seen News Corp saying... Yeah, we're no longer going to be in. We're no longer in talks to sell our our real estate business. Move to CoStar. Remember that had it was a deal that I am told was very close uh, and didn't get to the finish line. Unclear whether it might come back at some point, but both companies basically said, especially CoStar, they reported earnings that were fine, guidance that was not, uh, and they indicated they're no longer in those talks. Uh, about that. Uh, by the way, when it comes to their guidance, EBITDA outlook materially below expectations driven by a significant step up in investment in the residential opportunity. I'm looking at a note here from JMP, which continues to sort of uh, um, like the stock for a number of reasons, they say, including the commercial business and a number of other areas. But that's why that stock's down. It's the guidance from the company, step up in investment in the residential opportunity that they see. Deal with uh, News Corp to buy move no longer at least in process at all. News Corp shares were also down, uh, Jim, at this point. Remember, they're no longer trying to get together again with their, with Fox, uh, both Murdoch-controlled companies. You have to go to Baidu to see. Say again? Advertising good. Baidu. Yeah. Says uh, advertising good, but that's clear across the hemisphere. Yeah, Baidu uh, online marketing revenue down six. Um, is actually widening from the prior quarter when it was down four, uh, but you see they had a pretty good uh, top line number. Big buyback there. Yep. And the buy $5 billion buyback. Yeah. TJX, we haven't done, Jim. Uh, yeah. Comps up four on better traffic, but they, again, like many, uh, guiding below for the quarter. Right. Now, they have a history of doing that. Uh, that's what I said yesterday in our morning meeting for those who are members of the investing club, which is that their history, they don't do the conference call to 11. 
uh, their history should be very conservative in the statement and then come out swinging in the conference call. So you sell it now, you may have dinner buy it. The one thing I did see that was uh, they were honest about that a lot of the others aren't is that Pilferage has become a real problem. What has? Sorry. Pilferage. Stealing. Oh, shrinking. Stealing. Shrink, they were the shrinkage. first. Well, yeah. Pilfering yeah. is a stealing. Yes, I understand. But that's what they used to call right. it, or at least still do. Oh, no, shrinkage. absolutely. Yeah. Shrinkage. But, but if they were at least honest enough to come out and say it's a problem. I've been waiting for, say, the drugstores to do it. Uh, I was questioning Walmart the other day about what they have very little that's under lock and key. They also have a policy of checking you on the way out. But that was, they finally highlighted it. It was not expected. It's causing, it's one of the reasons why the stock's down. But the same store sales were sharply better than expected. So what will happen is on the comp school, they will talk more about the same store sales being sharply better than expected. They'll de emphasize the shrinkage, and then you will find that you sold it down too, and you'll realize that you should have bought it, not sold it. Understood. I like to always point out TJX, which is a relatively quiet company. You're never not going to see the CEO, and they obviously never. communicate through the conference call. About a $90 billion market value, wow. well more than Target's. Uh, it is an enormous retailer. Uh, Target, uh, of course, prints Tuesday. Yes. Uh, and a story today, Melissa Repko, nice piece on a new investment. Uh, to improve supply chain networking, $100 million. Yeah, well, look, at supply chain, we keep hearing. I've got to tell you, the supply chain was very good at Walmart. Uh, but I, I just think that everyone's trying to compete with the ultimate supply chain that they have at Amazon. And David, I, I don't know, Amazon can't, they didn't want to come back to work there full time. Speaking of Amazon, I did want to mention that they closed the one medical deal. Uh, what do you think of that? You know, it's funny because yesterday there was word, uh, there's an analyst who's followed this quite closely from a firm called Market. I think it's Market Securities. It's a French brokerage. Anyway, she's been followed. Um, she'd been negative on the FTC response and then changed her view on Friday. A number of people got wind of that. And in fact, it ended up being correct. Uh, the FTC didn't challenge, at least in the window. Remember, they I said they they uh, certified, they'd sort of met all the second request uh, needs last week or week prior, and uh, it's done. Amazon's bought it, uh, 18 bucks a share. And so it does, now you move on to iRobot, and you say, okay, will they potentially try to challenge there at the FTC? But it's not an insignificant moment. It's not an enormous company, but there had been an expectation that you might very well see one medical. By the way, that's uh, halted because it's done. It's over. It's, it's well, no David, longer a public company. You know what? Um, so don't take that, yeah, that, don't take that no, price. They've failed um, but a lot of health The question care. is what it means, Jim and Carl, for the larger regula regulatory perspective from the FTC, which, as we know, has been extremely aggressive, far more than people think is allowed by law in terms of things that it may challenge. Uh, this is what a spokesman said. But basically, again, they're saying it's continuing, but they're not doing anything. Well, so. th this could lead to, lead to lower prices. And I think the FTC justifiably said, look, anything that leads to lower prices for healthcare is pretty good. I mean, they actually have a rationale. Right. You got the two everything. CVS deals still out there, right? Signify and the other and one. These you got iRobot out there. So, look, the no. holy grail is to be able to get your all your, your, all your medicines yeah. via one entity uh, where they come to your house. And this makes it more likely. This could be a fulfillment center for medicines in the same way that uh, Walmart's fulfillment center by, by brick and mortar. Right. So I don't know. I liked it very much. I was surprised. But that, I think that I wasn't calculating the idea that the FTC would say, yeah, wait a second. Yeah. If we can get uh, health care down. I know. Listen, one medical was trading a significant spread until very recently, again, moving up in part on those analyst comments. Uh, but Signify and OSH, both CVS deals, 
have not had a, a huge spread. And then there's uh, iRobot, which has an enormous spread, but maybe that's coming in. I haven't even looked. Maybe they, they make to. the Zumba. Maybe that's one of those that's like uh, what happened with, um, do you remember the deal that that's up a little the bit. Chinese uh, didn't allow it to happen and the company used it to get out of a deal? Yes. DuPont. Yes. I think that if I were Andy Jassy, I'd be hoping that the FCC says, you know so you, you don't think they should buy iRobot? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I think they should focus on having their stock go higher. <laughs> Speaking of uh, stocks going higher, um, is it peak supply chain normalization to see Lazy Boy at a one-year high? As they say, uh, back order lead times are basically back to normal, finally. I thought that was important. I mean, look, you're always looking for data points about, about lead times. And over and over again, you hear that that's the bright spot, is that lead times have come down. Uh, what you have to hope is, is that they're still buyers of your product. Lazy Boy's interesting. I, you know, we haven't seen a lot of good news uh, involving people putting stuff in houses. You know, Pottery Barn, did you get that last note this morning about 50% off? No. Should I pour it to you? Um, it's a joke. Guys, I'm a quick update on uh, what? What are you saying? What are you saying? Saying that if you're Whirlpool, they had supply chain problems kind of go down a lot, but then they had sales go down. Not the sales weren't as strong. Yeah. What I'm saying is, is that you, you look. There's a foot race. You get the costs, costs come down, but you got to hope the sales keep going higher. Got it. That's the key, David. Um, guys, on just on the on the front of keeping people up on you know unsolicited situations we're following. National Instruments. Remember, Emerson came after this company a few yeah, weeks back. Um, Fifty three. Just a quick update, and some of this was shared yesterday at various conferences, but Emerson obviously still in hot pursuit, clearly made the case publicly now as well. We told you as well that 60 is not going to be a number. Um, uh, first round bids due under this week, next four to six weeks, second round. I'm here in Honeywell, no longer there. Uh, Fortive is the name that comes up. It would have to be a structured Fortive? transaction. Yeah. It would have to be a structured transaction given its size, but... Private equity might be willing to do that. So we'll keep an eye on National Instruments. Why do they Real hate question. Emerson so much? But it does seem to be a process. In my chapel trust owns it. I was very upset with Emerson doing a hostel. It's yeah. very unlike the old Emerson. It's also very, it used to be a genteel company. I'm not saying you have to take the gloves off. I am saying, could you please buy somebody who wants to be bought? Well, it may be that they now want to be bought. Or at least are certainly well, happy to consider being bought at a price that is... Well, but... But Emerson's got a price right. and says it won't go up, but that doesn't mean anything, right? Well, yeah. Emerson's stocks has been yeah. killed by this. Em- listen, Emerson's well, going to go above 53. Okay the question is where they end up and whether that's enough for NATI. It doesn't appear, although we don't know with Ford, of whether they might be able to put something together with PE that made a, a real significant rival bid. It doesn't appear, though, that there's going to be a lot of competition. But the question is, if they go to 55, does NATI say no? Look, Emerson. And then you get they, in a fight. They can get anywhere below 55, the numbers will go higher for Emerson. Right now, Emerson's a disaster. I'm really furious that I bought it from my truck. Wow. Furious. But, yes, because they went and did hostile. They weren't supposed to. This was supposed to be a done deal. Look at that stock. They tried. They tried and they tried. A longer term is going to be better. Longer term. We know what happens longer term. As we go to break, watch Bonds today. Uh, we got Bullard on Squawk under our belts, and we'll watch for Fed Minutes this afternoon. Uh, try to see what the commentary was relative to the Powell presser, which you remember well. Uh, yields for the time being. Got the 10-year right around 3.9. Also, William speaks at uh, 5.30 today. Be right back. 
holding S&P 4K to start this uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, got the Nasdaq up about half a percent. Pretty good breadth as we unwind some of yesterday's uh, risk-off positions. The only sectors lower this morning are utilities, healthcare, and some financials as well. We'll get stopped trading with Jim in a minute. It's time for Jim and Stop Trading. You talked about supply chain problems. And one place where there's still a supply chain problem is Charles River Labs. Now, I know them as 1-800-LAB-RATS because we know that they do a lot of work on labs. But sure enough, the Justice Department, as of February 17th, has an investigation into Cambodian non-human primate supply chain in Charles River Labs. That's monkeys. And I, I need to know more about this because for those of us who feel that these poor primates are being, you know, that Charles River Labs being investigated, we got to find out what this is, because it's going to kill the stock. Uh, it is a, it's a kind of uh, raw material in a sense, right? I know, and I just, I hate thinking that, you know, but anyway, I just uh, need to know more because it's crushing, yeah. crushing Charles River Labs, which is a very good company otherwise. Uh, so walk us through tonight and your travel schedule to Philly. Oh my God. Okay, so I have Waters tonight, which is instrumentation for all different kinds of things. I've got Federal Realty, which we're going to talk about, but and beyond, by the way. And then Crocs, where I don't like the inventory, I don't like the fact that the U.S. is slowing down, but maybe they've got they've got good overseas. Uh, going with uh, to Philadelphia, they're opening a new uh, branch in a neighborhood in Philadelphia, under an unbanked area, and uh, Jamie Diamond's going to open it, and I'll be there, and then I'll interview Jamie both on the on, on uh, halftime and then also for Mad Money. David, I'll tell Jamie, said hi. Thank you. Uh, well, like to, you, know, you will not be here tomorrow morning? Is that right? You'll be in no, Philadelphia. No, by satellite. I'll be coming from uh, oh, you Peacock. Will. Okay. From, yes, okay. from oh, Peacock. The mothership. From the mothership. <laughs> from the mothership. Thank you. i got to tell you, I'm not, you got to watch this Coinbase. I know I was talking to Chase Manzi, our excellent producer for the hour. I think it's very important what's happening. Chase, Chase Mansi does not agree because <laughs> her mom would never buy Bitcoin. We should have a segment where the producers get to sound off on our opinion. Yes, it be like Estee Lauder, where yes. on Friday the assistants are the bosses and you have to be uh, their, the, except their boss. I think we get real insight <laughs> yes, as opposed to whatever this is. <laughs> Jim, we'll see you tonight. Uh, Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern. We are trying to recoup some losses from yesterday. Uh, Dow up 52, S&P 4,005. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. CNBC has quick and easy to understand business news updates at the open midday and close every weekday. Markets, money, and more from Wall Street to Main Street. I'm CNBC's Jessica Ettinger. Follow and listen to CNBC Business News Updates wherever you get your podcasts.